Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.dance slash downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Scott Schaefer, in for Alexis Madrigal. With San Jose Mayor Sam Licardo termed out of office, voters in the Bay Area's largest city will choose a new mayor on November 8th. It's a choice between Cindy Chavez, a veteran politician with decades of experience in government, and Matt Mahan, a relative newcomer with business roots in the tech sector. No matter who wins, San Jose's next mayor will be confronted with homelessness, the high cost of living, and questions about the best way to ensure public safety and deploy police officers in a very diverse city. We'll be joined by two reporters, including KQED's Guy Marzarati, who are covering that race, and others in Santa Clara County for their insights on the candidates and issues. That's coming up next after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm KQED Politics Editor Scott Schaefer, in today for Alexis Madrigal. And for much of this week, KQED's politics team is hosting parts of Forum, delving into the major issues and races around the November election. And this hour, a look at some of the most important decisions Santa Clara County voters will be making. And we begin with this. Who will follow Sam Licardo as San Jose's mayor? The choice is between two Democrats, Santa Clara County Supervisor and former City Council member Cindy Chavez, and San Jose City Council member Matt Mahan, who was first elected in 2020. Here with us first to discuss the race and the issues facing the next mayor are Guy Marzarati, reporter and producer for KQD's California Politics and Government Desk. Hey, Guy. Hey, good morning. Good morning. And also good morning to Tron Nguyen, investigative reporter with the San Jose Spotlight. Good morning to you, too. Thanks for joining us. Of course. Good morning. Well, let me begin with you, Tron. Uh, we have these two candidates. Uh, tell us a little bit about them, what distinguishes them from each other, other than their lack of, or their I shouldn't say their lack, but their the number of years they've had in government, which is quite different. Yeah. So we have two very qualified candidates in the mayoral um, race in San Jose. Um, this is has been a very heated and expensive race. Um, we have San Jose Council Member Matt Mahan, who, as you said, is a pretty newcomer to the <clears throat> excuse me San Jose politics um, scene. He was first elected in office in 2020, representing District 10. Um, he has championed a number of issues, including um, emergency tiny home projects for um, the unhoused population in San Jose, which is obviously a very big issue that both candidates has been focusing on. Um, on the other hand, you have a pretty much a veteran um, elected official, uh, Supervisor Cindy Chavez, who has been in office um, since 1998, I believe. Um, and she has been um, the vice mayor of San Jose. She's now on the uh, board of supervisor and 
she's also has championed uh, a number of uh, initiatives um, addressing issues like homelessness. Um, she championed the Measure A, um, which is a nearly $1 billion uh, housing bond that voted passed in 2016 to help build more affordable housing in the region. <clears throat> so those are the two candidates um, that are vibing for um, the seat this November. They beat out four the candidates, um, two of whom have now endorsed Supervisor Chavez in this race. And we'll see what's going to happen in November. But um, with less than a month away, um, the race is just getting more and more um, contested. Yeah. And of course, people are already voting. Uh, and Guy, uh, what do you uh, what, how would you describe the sort of the contours of this race? I mean, what are the dynamics that are at play? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest dynamic is this push for change. I think you're hearing that from the electorate writ large when you talk to voters. And perhaps just maybe more surprisingly, you're hearing that from both candidates. I mean, it's no surprise that Matt Mahan, someone who's just been in city politics for a couple of years, is running on this platform of bringing change to City Hall. What's maybe surprising is that Cindy Chavez's campaign is really built around change as well. She's really messaging that she can restore a lot of uh, you know, what she described as the successes from when she was on the city council at the beginning of, of the 2000s. And I think in large part, she's doing that by running against the current mayor, Sam Licardo. How credible is it for somebody who's been around for so long? I mean, she ran for mayor against Chuck Reed. How many years ago? 16 years ago? I mean, it was a long time ago. I mean, how credible is it for somebody like that to be the change candidate? We've seen that before in politics where, you know, somehow uh, folks who have a lot of experience are able to represent or at least try to represent uh, a fresh face. Yeah, I mean, it, that would be you'd think going in that would be a challenge uh, for Chavez. In that 2006 race, it was really her inability to, I guess, separate herself from the current mayor, Ron Gonzalez, who was going through a number of scandals at the time. Um, you know, she ultimately lost that race. I think this time around, having Licardo as kind of her foil on a, on a number of issues has has kind of given her that lane to be a, quote, change candidate. And I think public safety is the number one example of this. She's really tied, tried to tie Licardo and Mahan together when it comes to the issue of police staffing, saying basically those two have not done a good enough job of staffing up uh, the San Jose Police Department. I can restore staffing levels if elected mayor. Um, you know, I do think for uh, Mayhan, his change campaign is a little simpler. I mean, he is on the city council currently, but he's not supported by, you know, many of his colleagues on the council. Again, he's kind of new to politics. And I do think much of the conversation around the campaign when we had our candidate forum with Chavez and Mahan last week, you know, most a lot of the conversation in these forums has been about Chavez's record, right? It's really been a focus, like Tron mentioned, on Measure A, on, you know, different approaches she's taken to building permanent supportive housing, you know, looking back at public safety and police staffing and her, some of her votes in the early 2000s around pensions, around, you know, health care benefits. So I do think having that history in elected office has meant that a lot of the campaign has been a real focus on Chavez's record. And Tron, uh, in t you, you mentioned housing. I mean, what what are the big differences between the two of these candidates in terms of building more housing? For example, you know, is one more uh, enthusiastic about higher density housing than the other? Yeah. So surprisingly, both candidates has um, expressed, I guess, 
um, they do not support, um, you know, SB9, which would uh, densify a lot of San Jose. Um, the well, they, the, they 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 may not support it, but it, it was signed into law, right? Right, um, but they both say that this, it, it is not the right way for San Jose to go. Um, the other, you know, in terms of addressing the housing crisis issue in the Bay Area or in San Jose, particularly, um, Chavez has really focusing on the Measure A, as I mentioned, the housing bond. Um, that voter passed in 2016. Um, this particularly, you know, helped build affordable housing to help prevent people from falling into homelessness and hopefully transition some of them out of homelessness. Um, in case you don't know, in San Jose, the issue with homelessness is really much the fact that we are building and we are helping people, but the fact that people are keep falling to homelessness faster than this, the city and the county can help them get out of it. Um, so that's her focus in, um, on the housing issue. Um, on the Mayhan's campaign, he's really has been touting, um, you know, building faster, building cheaper housing to help people get out the street right now. Um, and those are the initiatives that are being really championed here um, at City Hall, uh, particularly the tiny home um, initiatives. And Guy, when I hear somebody say build faster and cheaper housing, I think that's not going to be union made. Uh, How how does the union, the unions and the union endorsements figure in? I know Cindy Chavez has a history of working with the South Bay Labor Council, running it, in fact, a few years ago. Yeah, no, the, the organized labor in this race is clearly behind Cindy Chavez. I think one area that in, when it comes to housing that both candidates have also expressed interest in is staffing up the city's planning department. I mean, Mahan has talked about this as like a revenue generator for the city. It's the vacancy rate in that department, the number of uh, planners and, and staffers who may start in San Jose but go to other cities because they can get better pay there um, has been an issue there. And I think both candidates have said, you know, this is going to be a top focus to, to staff up that department. It comes back to the city budget. And I think this is whether you're talking about police, whether you're talking about planning, this is an ongoing issue in San Jose is how to fund these city services with the existing tax base. And San Jose, unlike many other cities in this region, especially in the South Bay, has not had a history of a jobs rich tax base. Basically, it's the reverse. It served as kind of a bedroom community. Therefore, you're giving up those kind of commercial property taxes, that those sales tax revenue. And so that's you know where the rubber hits the road and, and the challenge, whether you're talking about staffing police or staffing these departments, is where does that new revenue come from? Well, and maybe that's a good point to mention that uh, San Jose, unlike San Francisco, for example, has what, what is called a weak mayor position, where the mayor is one of 11 members of the city council. But uh, what authority do they have, you know, will the winner of this uh, of this race have in terms of the budget? Yeah, I mean, this is really key to understand the responsibilities. This is not what Mayor Breed has in San Francisco, where she runs the city departments. As the mayor of San Jose, you are one vote on the city council. The real power comes, number one, in kind of kicking off the budget process. So having that, and it's kind of akin to the way the governor uh, in California kicks off the budget process with the you know January budget message. There's a budget message that comes from the mayor to kick off that process here. The second I'd say is around just using a bully pulpit. The mayor has their own communication staff. We've seen Licardo on issues like gun safety, like working with other uh, mayors in California around homelessness, kind of use that bully pulpit 
in a role outside of just voting on the city council. And then the third is when it comes to appointing the city manager. That's the actual I don't know if you want to call it the CEO, the kind of day-to-day running of city departments. And I think what Mahan has expressed is an interest in when that you know opportunity comes to appoint a new city manager, expanding a national search, trying to bring in maybe it's someone more from the private sector uh, to serve in that role. But again, when it comes to just day-to-day legislation, they are just one vote. And Tron, how would you describe the, these two folks in terms of their approach to budget budgeting and and budget priorities? I mean, are they talking about the budget in different ways? Well, definitely with with Councilmember Mahan, he has really focusing on accountability, trying to, you know, tie um, pay and trying to tie bonuses of city officials um, to the results that they would bring in. Um, this is part of his campaign that he's called Common Sense, that he calls, you know, the re- uh, revolution. Um, he said that, you know, we, the city has been spending money and giving out raises without actually bringing back results. Um, so that's one of the big points that he's been running on. Um, in terms of Supervisor Chavez, um, she has said, you know, one of her priorities is to staff up the police department, but also, as Guy said, to staff up, you know, the planning department and trying to bring, trying to, I guess, mitigate um, the, the, the backlog. And yeah, in I'm going to ask you to hold right there, Tron, because we have to take a break. And we'd love to hear from you, uh, whether you live in Santa Clara County, San Jose or the Bay Area. If you have some questions about this upcoming election. For our guests, give us a call at 866-733-6786. Again, it's 866-733-6786. Or you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're at KQED Forum. Or email us if you prefer. It's forum at kqed.org. Scott Schaefer here. We're talking Santa Clara and San Jose City politics this hour. Stick around. This is Barbara Leslie, president of the Oakland Port Commission. Oakland International Airport, OAK, is proud to bring you this podcast of KQED's Forum. When you're choosing your next adventure, the smart and convenient choice is to fly the East Bay Way from OAK to destinations across the USA and Mexico. And when you return home, tune in to KQED, always bringing us remarkable stories about who we are and where we live. Enjoy today's episode of Forum. I'm what you might call... Very good at hide-and-seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house. Even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite... Ha! Found ya. How? you left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. And welcome back to Forum. Scott Schaefer here this hour. We're talking about electoral races, big issues in the election, especially in San Jose and Santa Clara County. My guests, Guy Marzarati, reporter and producer with KQD's California Politics and Government Desk, and also Tron Nguyen, investigative reporter with San Jose Spotlight. We'd love to hear from you. If you're a resident of San Jose, what issues do you care about most? What electoral races are you 
paying most close attention to? And what would you like to see changed in your city or your county? Give us a call at 866-733-6786. Again, it's 866-733-6786. You know, just before the break, Tron, you were talking about um, uh, Matt Mahan, one of the two candidates here for mayor. And you said that he has called for, and this really uh, jumped out at me, this notion of a I'm quoting his, I think it's his website, a revolution of common sense. What does that mean? Yeah, so. um, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) um, So Mahan has really run on this platform where he said he wants to shake up the status quo um, and bring back, you know, common sense solutions, common sense initiatives um, to really uh, support and to solve issues in San Jose, especially in terms of homelessness, in terms of public safety, um, and the fact that we have a very thinly staffed um, police department. Um, yeah, well, I, I think that's... <laughs> and well, I'm, I was going to say, Guy, yeah, like, what, what, what is common... I mean, everyone's for common sense, but, like, what does that mean if, when, it, when Matt Mahan talks about it? Well, I mean, I think he's building this around this idea of setting performance metrics during the budget process and then basically tying the pay of council members to whether those metrics are met. I think one outstanding question is, all the council members are supporting Cindy Chavez in this race. A plan like that, you would need buy-in. And I'm not sure Matt Mahan would get that as mayor. Now, he said if he doesn't get it, he's taking this issue to the ballot. And we've seen that in the past in San Jose. Voters going direct, uh, mayors taking the issues directly to voters. Maybe there's an appetite there. Um, I think on a lot of these issues, though, take homelessness. There's so many factors that play into whether a city's homeless population rises and falls. It's a regional issue. It's a housing issue. It's a mental health issue. Um, and I think, you know, that's a lot to ask of of, of the mayor to say, look, I'm 100% accountable for this. My pay is going to be accountable for this. But I do think a lot of voters have, have liked that message from Matt Mahan that, look, this is going to be something we're going to track in a very visible and public way putting these dashboards out for residents to log on and kind of track progress quarter by quarter, um, it'll be interesting if he is elected, just how that issue will play out among the city council. Well, it's interesting when you say that he will go to the voters if the city council won't do it. It reminds me a bit of San Francisco, where London Breed is often at odds with the board of supervisors. Would you say, Guy, that if Mayhem is elected, maybe San Jose is in for a bit more sort of confrontational politics between the mayor and the rest of the city council than it's used to? You know, that could certainly be the case. I also think, you know, depending on the result, perhaps council members will look at this as, okay, this is this is an agenda that the voters are behind. And I also don't think that push and pull between the mayor and the council ends on November 8th. I think the mayor, whoever wins this, will be playing an outsized role in council races over the next decade. Because remember, th- there's a change that San-, that San Jose voters approved in June to align future mayoral elections with presidential years. So whoever wins this is actually going to be back on the ballot in two years and then potentially have eight more years after that, two four-year terms. So I think whether it's Chavez or whether it's Mayhan, they're going to be playing a, a huge role in council races over the next decade, maybe trying to shape the council to you know more of how 
the vision they have for the city. All right, I'm going to go to the phones in a second. We have some folks who want to weigh in, but I'll give the number out again. It's 866-733-6786. Again, 866-733-6786. But first, I want to bring in Alex Shore. He is executive director and co-founder of Catalyze Silicon Valley, a nonprofit that focuses on creating sustainable, equitable, and vibrant places for people in Silicon Valley. Uh, Alex, welcome to the program. Hey, good morning. And we should say for full transparency, you have endorsed one of these candidates, uh, Cindy Chavez, correct? Yes, I have. Although I do know Matt Mahan personally, he is a friend. Okay. Well, tell us, uh, sticking to the issues and not friendships, um, tell us uh, what is it that uh, Catalyze Silicon Valley cares about most in terms of these two candidates and what you would like to see them do that's different from what's being done now in San Jose? Well, we're a nonpartisan organization, a 501c3, so we don't get involved in supporting candidates. This is support I'm giving in my personal time uh, outside of work hours. I think organizationally, we want to see a leader in San Jose who engages the community in a real conversation about the kind of development we need in this city to make sure that everyone can afford to live here and everyone feels welcome. So we really need political courage right now in San Jose. This sometimes can be a a cautious town politically and we need elected officials who are willing to stand up and, and make the case for how we build a great city into the 21st century. San Jose, of course, is a very diverse place. And to say, you know, you want to build a place where everyone feels welcome and everyone can afford to be there, that's a great goal. Uh, But, you know, it's hard to achieve. When you say courage, like courage to do what exactly? Well, one of the reasons that Catalyze This V started in the first place is we would go to community meetings across the city and see a community engagement process that wasn't working really well. Developers and city leaders and community members not really knowing how to talk to each other about what would make good development and oftentimes finding that there was pressure from a a loud minority to reduce the heights or increase the parking of development projects without considering the greater good for the community. So when we say political courage, we need elected officials to say, yes, we need more housing in Silicon Valley. Yes, we need it to encourage other ways of folks getting around, like walking, public transit, and biking. We need as well to build affordable housing specifically. And we need to build neighborhoods that are vibrant and dynamic where shops and businesses are right next to homes and green space. All right. Uh, that is Alex Shore. He's executive director, co-founder of Catalyze SV, talking with him along with Guy Marzarati from KQD's Politics Desk and Tron Nguyen, investigative reporter for San Jose Spotlight. Uh, we want to go to the phones. And uh, again, that number, if you want to join us, 866-733-6786. And uh, let's begin with Alan in San Jose. Yes. Hi, thanks for taking my call. I'm really curious if there's a distinction between the two candidates' approach to education and improving outcomes for students and for teachers in San Jose. Uh, Guy, do you want to take that? Yeah, I mean, education does not fall within the purview of the mayor's office. So I think I'll start with that big caveat that really both you know candidates would, would be looking to the county to really address and the school districts to address education. I think where the mayor comes in is the kind of services surrounding 
education. So whether that's libraries, whether that's after-school programs, community centers, I think you've heard from both candidates a desire to improve staffing, improve hours uh, at those kind of locations. The actual in-classroom piece of this, though, would not fall within you know the city budget or the mayor's office. Alex, uh, sure, of course, you know everyone, especially parents, but everyone could or should or does care about education, public education or private education. Uh, is that something that your group uh, links to affordability or jobs or housing or making people feel welcome? I mean, how, how do you, is that something that you know you're looking f- to the candidates for, or as Guy says, is that's really outside their purview? I agree with Guy on that. I think really the 800-pound gorilla in the room is housing and homelessness. But really, it's kind of the entire zoo because housing and homelessness touches every single issue in our city. Where people live affects the quality of schools that they're in. Uh, The conditions of our streets and creeks are definitely being affected by a rising homelessness population. The folks we see out on the streets who are struggling with mental health or illness, uh, again, some of that connects to housing and homelessness. So for me personally, this entire race is about housing and homelessness issues. Who's going to step up and come up with solutions, build political support and community will to address these these twin issues that are really, again, the, the, the whole zoo. Yeah. Alan, thanks very much for the call. Guy, I'm, I'm interested. You, you of course, lived in San Francisco for a long time, and now you live in San Jose. Both cities are, are struggling with homelessness. Do you see any differences in either the nature of the problem or the kinds of solutions these candidates or the people in San Jose are looking for? Well, I think there's, you know, I think the budget would be perhaps the biggest difference. And San Francisco being a county and a city, you know, most of the state dollars and the state has really stepped up its investments when it comes to addressing homelessness. Most of those state dollars are thro- are flowing through counties, right? And I think, you know, San Francisco has that luxury or maybe that curse, depending on, on your point of view of, of getting those dollars directly and really having, hashing out those conversations about spending around homelessness all, all at once, kind of with the mayor and the board of supervisors. There's way more commonalities, however, and I think one of the biggest ones is this resistance that you see from existing residents on wanting to have, whether it's navigation centers, whether it's shelters, whether it's this emergency interim housing we're talking about in San Jose, the resistance that you see from, you know, cropping up these sites and and propping them up in neighborhoods. And you see the same kind of pitchfork crowds come out. Um, And I know this is something Alex's group uh, deals with all the time with, with developments but you know resistance to having the homeless be housed in in communities and it's the same reasons you'll hear again and again whether it's proximity to schools or too close to existing uh homes and you know I've heard city planning staff in San Jose say like there are no more perfect sites when it comes to finding you know shelter space or emergency housing space there's always going to be those issues that come up it's really a question of whether the elected officials have the will 
to to take on the pitchfork crowd, if you want to call it that. And we've seen that play out in San Francisco, right? London Breed showing up to community meetings, you know, st- staring down angry residents. That's going to be <laughs> something the next mayor here is going to have to deal with as well. All right. Well, Alex Shore, I'm going to say goodbye to you, executive director, co-founder of Catalyze SV. Thanks so much for joining us. And uh, also going to say hello to Garrick Percival. He's a professor and department chair of the Department of Political Science at San Jose State University. Garrick, welcome to the program. Great. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, from your point of view, uh, you know, what, what jumps out at you at this race and this moment we're in where there is so much, I know, I call it kind of grumpiness on the part of voters. You know, coming out of this pandemic, people uh, have really struggled in so many different kinds of ways, economically, health-wise, you know, juggling school and kids and home and all that. Um, how does that play in that voter unrest? You know, how does that play into this race for mayor, do you think? I think there's a, a common sort of thing to, in terms of thinking about local elections to think of that as just local issues. And that's certainly true in a lot of ways, in a lot of, you know, public safety, homelessness, economic growth, and so forth. But increasingly, local races and local politics are being influenced by what's going on in national politics. Partly this is because of just the decline in local media coverage of local issues. So I think to, to get a a better understanding of sort of the context around elections, we we have to look at the overall public mood. And so what happens up ticket, you know, at the state level, at the national level can filter down to the local level. And as you mentioned, thinking about the overall public mood, is is the public really in a position to sort of just kind of start over <laughs> to the extent that that can actually happen in our political system, but just want to kind of voice that express that idea as a collective and that can have a real effect on you know how people you know evaluate individual candidates in 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 races yeah all right let's go to the phones uh and again the number to call 866-733-6786 and let's go to pleasant hill and harold you're next welcome to forum thank you um i just want to say that is the rents that they're asking for is really impossible to really live to pay your rent and actually have enough to live on. And until these developers, these big developers that control everything, these banks control everything and they control the candidates. And it, it's like this in Oakland, it's like this all over the bay. We, if you wanted to build low-income housing, it doesn't take rocket scientists to do that. But you don't want to do it. You only want poor. You you want poor people pushed out, and you only want certain kind of people in San Jose. And that's just how it is. Mm. And in LA, all over in California, you know, poor people is just being pushed out. I don't see anything changing over here in Oakland. There's homeless camps all over. People, it's just disgusting that people in the richest country in the world that have to live on the streets. And y'all got billions and billions of dollars. You could give it to Ukraine. You could give it all over the world. But to your own people, you do nothing. Nothing. Harold, you're and making... These candidates, they're, they're only... All their... They're beckoning 
to the banks and to the money. That's that's how it is in America. Yeah, well, you make a great point in terms of priorities. And, you know, Tron, let me ask you, in terms of developers, in terms of real estate interests, I mean, are they lining up in San Jose on one side or the other of this uh, mayor's race? Actually, very interesting. Um, we have started to see... Um, at least two mailers now has coming out um, hitting P- uh, residents' mailbox, attacking uh, Supervisor Chavez on you know a number of issues, um, including you know her past records and a civil grand jury that she was interviewed for um, related to former Mayor Ron Gonzalez. Um, so we have started to see the. Santa Clara County Association of Realtors um, backing Mayhan, you know, using a lot of the similar languages um, that we have seen coming out um, to attack Supervisor Chavez. So um, it's definitely starting to um, become very evident that Mm. um, the realtor and the real estate um, field is lining to back. Councilmember Mayhan here. And, and Guy, is that part of a larger sort of business community support for Mayhan, or is that t- an oversimplification? No, I think that's fair to say. And I think the overall campaign finance dynamic here is that for many years you had this push and pull between the, the South Bay Labor Council or, you know, unions and then the Chamber of Commerce down here. And they would support kind of dueling candidates. That was kind of the frame in which a lot of local politics was viewed was, you know, labor candidates and business candidates. The Chamber of Commerce is no longer really a huge player in this election cycle in terms of spending. And in in that gap, you've seen current Mayor Licardo try to fill it. He has his own super PAC. He's been raising money from a lot of developers in order to support Matt Mahan. Um, but the South Bay Labor Council continues to be a huge financial player uh, in local politics, both in the mayor's race and in city council races. And so, yes, you do have not only the developer dollars, but also, I would say, more broadly, business money um, supporting Matt Mahan in this race. Well, and Guy, uh, one exception to that would be the San Francisco 49ers, who, of yeah, course, have played heavily in the Santa Clara city council race. But they're also, I think, supporting Cindy Chavez, right? Yeah, in a major way. So this, you know, the Niners had supported Chavez uh, through an independent expenditure committee in the primary. They dropped like $420,000 just a few weeks ago in TV and digital ad buys to support her. And it's a huge question mark because what the team has said in statements publicly is, look, we really like her work as a leader in the South Bay. And, you know, San Jose is a big city in our region. Um, But... That's going to really be like all eyes. If Cindy Chavez wins this race, all eyes, I think, will be watching the 49ers economic activity in San Jose, Hmm. their moves there. I mean, I think that's definitely going to be something to follow if she wins this race. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. We'll come back to perhaps that. I think that may be especially true if the Niners continue losing. (laughs) They'll be looking for other things that the Niners are doing off the field. But give us a call if you want to talk about, not the 49ers, but about the mayor's race in San Jose or some of the other races on the ballot. It's 866-733-6786. Stick around. This is Barbara Leslie, president of the Oakland Port Commission. Oakland International Airport, OAK, is proud to bring you this podcast of KQED's Forum. When you're choosing your next adventure, the smart and convenient choice is to fly the East Bay Way from OAK to destinations across the USA and Mexico. 
And when you return home, tune in to KQED, always bringing us remarkable stories about who we are and where we live. Enjoy today's episode of Forum. I'm what you might call very good at hide-and-seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite... Ha! Found ya. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. And welcome back to Forum. Scott Schaefer here. We're talking this hour about some of the key races and issues in San Jose and Santa Clara County with Guy Marzarati, reporter and producer for KQED's California Politics and Government Desk, also Tron Wynn, investigative reporter for the San Jose Spotlight, and Garrick Percival, professor and department chair with political science at San Jose State University. Uh, give us a call if you want to join us. Uh, what are the issues you care most about? What kind of changes would you like to see in San Jose? 866-733-6786. I'm going to get to the calls in a second. Let me read some listener comments here. Uh, One listener writes, Google has been transforming San Jose. The pandemic has kind of overshadowed their downtown takeover. Where are we now and where do the candidates stand? And uh, Garrick, uh, Percival, let me ask you about that because, of course, Matt Mahan comes from the tech sector. Um, Is is the tech industry lining up uh, in one way or another? And and what is their position on all this, uh, on housing, on development, and so on? Well, you know, the city, I think, is, I mean, candidates, all city council candidates, mayoral candidates are really talking about this important transition out of the pandemic and looking over the, the next 10 years and what does the city look like. And certainly the Google project is a big part of that. Been in the works for a number of years and planning and meetings and uh, Google has, has started to already contribute money to the city for a variety of purposes, including um, housing. But, you know, I think the tech industry generally is supporting, you know, candidates who are open to development and trying to speed up that process of, of, of development. Certainly Mahan and Chavez have talked about that. So, you know, I think that both in terms of the mayoral race, thinking about how does the city best position itself to attract investment at the same time, deal with the, the deep levels of, of inequality that we're seeing in the city and, and the challenges coming out of the pandemic. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the phones now. And Amy in San Jose, you're next. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you so much for taking my call. I grew up here in San Jose, and I've seen a lot of changes over the last, let's call it, three or four decades. My question is, um, you know, how do we really def- differentiate these two for what's best of the San Jose community? I see eight or ten police cruisers in San Jose responding to minor car accidents. I don't know that hiring more is going to fix the allocation of how this is done. And simultaneously, Silicon Valley, we're the richest place, one of the richest places on earth, and we have homeless people, which we never had when I was a child. So I'm not sure that another Silicon Valley bro in the mayoral office is going to best for our community either. So how do we look at the application of police limited funds to better our overall community, not just the homeless, but also education, which you mentioned earlier? Yeah. Garrick Percival, you want to take that on? 
Well, I, what was the uh, the specific question? Well, again? how do you evaluate these candidates? I mean, she mentioned, Amy mentions police. Uh, you know, that has been an issue, of course, in a lot of cities. I don't know how it's being framed in this particular race in San Jose. Maybe you can speak to that. Well, public safety in general is just, you know, always a feature in, in local races. And this is because city governments and county governments have primary responsibilities over public safety. And so it's a big part of city budgets, a big part of, of county budgets. So, you know, these candidates are, are really about focus on not only increasing staffing for city police, but also we're in the midst of this much larger reform movement and in, in not only here in the Bay Area in California, but across the country. And so how how do we weigh more policing with also acknowledging the deep problems we have in policing, particularly in communities of color. And so trying to balance those interests, I think, is what we're seeing sort of frame the public safety debate in, in this election cycle. And, and Guy, what would you add to that in terms of how these two candidates uh, are distinguishing themselves on the issue of public safety? Well, yeah, I mean, I was just going to add that I, I love Amy's question because so much of the conversation between Chavez and Mahan has just been about staffing. And I think it's overlooked a lot of what Amy's getting at is the actual you know, how the police operate in the city. For example, there has been this debate over oversight of the police department. Voters in 2020 passed a ballot measure, Measure G, increasing that oversight. It opened up the possibility of having, you know, officer misconduct probes happen outside of the department. That's something I really haven't heard either candidate talk about to voters. And it is something that could come before the city council for, for in, in the near future. There's just been so much uh, conversation about, well, you know, I'll hire 15 police, I'll hire 30 police. And I think not enough conversation from, from both candidates about kind of how they would like to see the department run. And, and Tron, what are you hearing in neighborhoods about how how folks want the police to be deployed. I mean, you know, to Amy's point, maybe there's, you know, too much attention to minor traffic accidents, that kind of thing. But what are people looking for? Is there a general sense that they want more police, different kinds of deployment of officers? Yeah, I think um, I think the, the general consensus here um, with a lot of voters that I talk to, um, they do want to see more police, um, even in, you know, the community of colors. Um, they, but they want police to be embedded in the in in the community. They want people who grew up here, who you know love the city, who live in the city, um, to be part of their community and being able to walk the street and talk to them. Um, and you know that's something that even the incumbent um, mayor Sam Licardo has has tried to reignite in the last budget, um, adding more police to patrol downtown and things like that. Um, so definitely there's a lot of concerns in terms of crime and in terms of um, how the homelessness crisis has really exploded in the area. Um, and I don't know if President um, even really care about how this is going to play out. They just want to see their neighborhood clean up mm -hmm. and, you know, yeah. want to walk down the street and feel safe. Yeah, that uh, seems to be a common common theme for sure in a lot of these races. Amy, thanks so much for the call. Uh, you know, there's another uh, countywide race that I want to ask you about, Garrick Percival, and that is the sheriff's race where uh, the, the, the very controversial and outgoing sheriff, Laurie Smith, is retiring 
Uh, she is in the midst of a corruption civil trial. Uh, there was a no-confidence vote of her leadership by the Board of Supervisors, um, her mismanagement of the county jail. Um, how is that playing out? And are people, is that just being sort of overshadowed by the mayoral election, or are people talking about that? Well, I think for a sheriff's race, yes, I think it is capturing quite a bit of attention. Sheriff's race generally don't, and often sheriffs run unelected or not unelected, but unopposed, unopposed or yeah. you know have a hard or easy time getting reelected. But certainly that's not the case this time. As you mentioned, Lori Smith, the first time she's not going to be on the ballot in over 20 years. So she first came to office in 1998. And so it is an open seat in that respect. So there are two candidates the first uh, I'll mention here is Kevin Jensen, who is actually a retired captain within the sheriff's office who worked in the department for uh, around 30 years. And then he is running against Robert Bob Johnson, who is uh, currently the police chief in Palo Alto and a former police chief in Menlo Park, and then also served for almost 30 years in the sheriff's department down in Los Angeles County. So this uh, the dynamics of this race are really focused like in a lot of ways, the mayor's race on sort of change and sort of making, you know, reform, but particularly in the, the Santa Clara County's sheriff's office, where it's deeply uh, you know, instances of, of corruption and, and, the, and the incumbent uh, sort of on, on in the civil trial. But whether or not reform comes from someone like Kevin Jensen, who has a lot of the backing of the law enforcement unions and organizations and who argues has the trust of of, of staff within the sheriff's office and knows the sheriff's office the best versus Bob Johnson, who's arguing that really true reform is going to come from someone like himself, who's from completely outside the organization, is going to bring us up. A, you know, a new new set of perspectives and fresh perspectives. And so yeah. that's really been the dynamic of the race. Yeah. All right. Let's go back to the phones now. And uh, Chris in Santa Clara, welcome to Forum. Hey, um, thanks very much. Uh, my, my question for the journalist is that given that the mayors in Santa Clara County, San Jose, Santa Clara, all the cities have almost no power, why do the journalists tend to focus so much on discussions with mayors as opposed to the city managers who actually have the power to run the city. Well, yeah, Guy, you uh, touched on that earlier, this idea of having weak mayors. uh, And the mayor, I guess, gets to pick the city manager, right? But does the city council have to approve it, I assume? Yeah. And I I mean, to the the listener's question, I would say it's the outward-facing role, right? The city manager is not interacting with the public in the way that the mayor is and is not accountable to the public directly on the ballot. I think the mayor, like I touched on earlier, has that power of the bully pulpit and and is accountable to the community is you know is uh, out there every day is taking votes i think you know the direction that the city manager takes different departments in is worthy of you know journalism worthy of, of looking into but i think when it comes to actually taking votes is i guess why i would say why i would argue we're covering the mayor the city council members yeah all right chris thanks for that um and uh Tron, there are some other races in uh, San Jose, in particular some district uh, supervisorial races, District 3, which is the downtown part of San Jose, as well as Japantown. We've got uh, the very, I guess, heavily Latino East San Jose District 5 and also 7. Uh, What issues are you hearing playing out there, and what are folks looking for either in the race for mayor or those races for uh, for, uh, city council? Yeah, so right now we um, have three council seats up 
um, for our election in District 7, particularly, um, is where the incumbent is fighting for re-election. Um, that is a very interesting race. Um, it's um, in East Jose, District 7 has a large Vietnamese um, population there. And um, there's the incumbent uh, council member, Maya Spaza. Um, essentially, she was very close to win the primary election outright, um, but the challenger, uh, Fire Captain Bin Duan, he's a Vietnamese candidate. Um, a lot of Vietnamese community members are banking on him to win this seat because they do want a voice on the city council. Um, the Vietnamese community, um, in case you are not aware, um, has a very large population here in San Jose, but they have continued to struggle with the political voice in the city. Um, there's been only a few people who have been elected onto the city council seat. Um, so they really hope that um, this person can pull through. But if primary um, can predict the future, um, it's probably going to be an easy win for the for Espaza, who also has a lot of support from labor and, you know, she has a lot of experience, um, you know, working in the nonprofit field and being the council member for the last four years. Um, in District 3, with council member Raul Parales terming out this year, um, two candidates are vibing for this seat. Um, one is Irene Smith, um, a business owner, has a long history living in downtown. And the other is the local school board member, um, Omar Torres. Um, one <laughs> news that recently made headlines uh, with one of the story I wrote is how um, Irene's campaign sends out this mailer um, where a lot of people, a lot of community leaders um, see as a dog whistle calling us racist. There was an um, open letter that sent out um, to kind of condemn it and, you know, demand Irene Smith to apologize to Torres. Um, so that has been kind of a heated race. Um, Omar Torres, obviously, she he has um, a lot of support from the labor camp also. But I've started to see um, the Chamber of Commerce starting to spending money to support um, Smith. Hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how that play out. What are you seeing among community leaders in the in the Latino and the Vietnamese, other Asian communities? Uh, down there in terms of the mayoral candidates? Are, do, are folks lining up, would you say, behind one or the other, or is it pretty split? And how are the candidates, what kinds of appeals are they making to, the, to San Jose's very diverse communities? Yeah, so with the Latino vote, I think um, Supervisor Chavez um, has won a lot of the uh, votes in East San Jose specifically. Um, obviously, that's a very... Uh, pop, um, it's, it has a, a large population of Latino over there. Um, she also has won, you know, the majority of the Vietnamese vote because of her work um, for the Vietnamese community. She and um, then Supervisor Dave Cortese um, essentially helped build, um, help fund and build, uh, bring to fruition um, the Vietnamese Service Center, um, which is first-of-the-kind uh, state-of-the-art building that a lot of people has been using um, essentially every day. Uh, it's, it's very nice to see. And on the other hand, um, Councilmember Mahan 
has won, obviously, one over his District 10 um, pretty uh, convincingly. And then on West San Jose, he also won a bunch of precincts over there. So the winner of this race um, really is going to be the one who'll be able to reach across Psy, um and mobilize their camps because one issue with um, East San Jose votes is it usually have a very low voter turnout. Yeah. So even if you have a lot of support from that community, from that precinct, um, if people don't go out to vote, then it doesn't really make a difference. Yeah. Guy, it's been a very long time since San Jose elected the labor-backed candidate for mayor. Uh, Cindy Chavez was that candidate many years ago against uh, Chuck Reed. Uh, you know, Dave Cortese was the labor candidate against Sam Licardo. Is there any reason to think, uh, and of course Chavez is again the labor candidate, I guess you would say, in this race. Is there any reason to think that that dynamic has changed? And Or how do these two candidates deal with, you know, that issue of organized labor differently? Yeah, I, I think the argument you would hear most from Chavez supporters is that she's branching beyond just your traditional labor constituency. She has gotten some of the business support. We've mentioned Car Gordino, who is a, a longtime uh, business leader down here in the South Bay. He has his own super PAC supporting Chavez. We talked about the 49ers. Um, so I think that would be her pitch is that maybe she can bring together some of the business community with labor. Clearly, like her base, her history is with labor. Um, but that would be kind of, I think it's been her argument really from the beginning, is that she can kind of bring together a consensus at City Hall. She touts a lot the fact that the existing city council, except for the mayor, is supporting her. I think that's part of the platform Chavez has run on. And, and Gary Percival, sometimes we'll, we'll hear outsider candidates, especially when they come from something of a business background, say that they want to run the city more like a business, you know, and we've or, or whatever government office they're running for. And we've heard, you know, Matt Mahan talk about doing a forensic audit of the city. Uh, what do you make of that kind of pitch to voters? Well, I think generally speaking, those kinds of pitches are pretty popular. I think people like the idea of their government running more efficiently. But then, of course, governments are very different than businesses. So often when candidates make that pitch, when they if they win and they start governing, then they either quickly realize or maybe knew this already that, that things are a lot more complicated than that, <laughs> that, you know, existing policies are layered on top of each other and you're dealing with different institutions and you have to share power and so forth. So it's just very different. But I think those kinds of messages uh, are, are popular. Um, they're pulled, they pull test very well. Um, so it's not surprising in, in many ways that Mahan has has made that a theme of his campaign. Yeah. All right. Well, we are going to leave it there. Lots for San Jose and Santa Clara County voters to consider. Thanks to all of our guests this hour. Guy Marzarati, reporter and producer from KQD's California Politics and Government Desk. Also, Tron Wynn, investigative reporter with San Jose Spotlight. And Garrick Percival, professor and department chair at political science at San Jose State University. Alex Shore, earlier in the hour, co-founder and executive director of Catalyze SV. This is Forum. I'm Scott Schaefer. I'll be back tomorrow. And you can stay tuned for another hour of Forum with Mina Kim. Thanks so much for listening. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio, 
the Germanicos Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. This is Barbara Leslie, president of the Oakland Port Commission. Oakland International Airport, OAK, is proud to bring you this podcast of KQED's Forum. When you're choosing your next adventure, the smart and convenient choice is to fly the East Bay Way from OAK to destinations across the USA and Mexico. And when you return home, tune in to KQED, always bringing us remarkable stories about who we are and where we live. Enjoy today's episode of Forum. I'm what you might call very good at hide-and-seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite... Ha! Found ya. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Hey, John Favreau here. There's no shortage of political takes in 2024, but quantity doesn't cut it. We need a better conversation about the latest biggest election of our lives. On Pod Save America, me and my co-host cut through the noise to help you figure out what matters and how you can help. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, Pod Save America is breaking down the political news that makes us laugh, cry, and snap our laptops in half. Expensive year for laptops. Make sure to check out new episodes of Pod Save America on your favorite podcast platform or our YouTube channel now. 